podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin McCluskey all the way from Budapest. Thanks for joining us Kev. We are here for Celtic versus Ross County and the lineups are out for anyone who hasn't seen them and I'm sure through the wonders of social media uh, you will have seen the start 11 but we'll run through both teams. Celtic lineup as follows with Joe Hart and goals, Alistair Johnston at right back, the return of Alexandro Bernabe at left back and the central defensive partnership of Cameron Carter-Vickers, great to see the big man back, even though he's not that big. And Liam Scales, midfield three, is Callum McGregor, playing his 450th game in the uh, colours of Celtic. Matt O'Reilly, subject of much speculation this week. Thankfully, Brendan Rodgers said he is staying put. And uh, Paul Bernardo, who has come into some really good form in the last five games. Up top, we've got Leela Bada, Louis Palma, on the wings, and Kyogo Furuhashi through the middle. On the bench, Kevin McCluskey, we have Scott Bain. Our new signing, um, Kuhn. We've got Turnbull, Holm, Navroski, Vata retains his place on the bench. Ralston, Welsh, and Mikey Johnston. So, over to you, first and foremost. Obviously, the big talking point will be Bernabe sitting um, on the, the left-back position. Vata retains his place on the bench. And we also have a new signing on there as well. What's your thoughts? Your initial thoughts at the start in eleven? Yeah, uh, on the whole, it's a really strong start in eleven that we've got. Uh, it's great to see Captain Vickers back in there. That was a bit unexpected from my perspective anyway. I thought he'd maybe have another week or so before he was back. So it's great to see him there. Um, and the rest of the team, apart from the obvious, kind of picks itself. You know, that's... It's the strongest midfield. It's a great front three we've got. Abada, Kyogo, Palma. You know, you'd expect goals from that front three. Certain, certainly exciting attacking play. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one that jumps out is Burnaby at, uh, at left back. That's uh, that's one that I'm sure will be a big talking point throughout the whole day. Um, everyone will have different opinions on this one. For me, I don't think I would have started him. You know, it seems a... I can understand why he has played him. Obviously, Taylor's out, so we need another option at left back. Mm-hmm. But um, Bernabe has never really convinced me that he's a left back. I think there's a player in there somewhere, but it's not as a left back. He's a left midfielder or a left winger, even. You know, he's, he's certainly more offensive than defensive. Um, so it's a, it's a strange one that he's there. Had I gone for Mitchell Frame, the young boy, because I think he's. He's the future at left back for us, or the young boy that can come through and play that. That's how they went for. But um, you know, I don't make those calls. But it'll be interesting to see if anybody does, especially after being out for so long. So yeah, as I say, I'm sure he'll be the a main talking point as we go through this. Well, when you watch the games, obviously you're paying attention to the performance of every individual in the team, Kevin, and obviously that forms the basis of our discussion at halftime and full-time. But I will be looking at Bernabe with an added element of uh, interest due to the fact that I think he's played something like 70 minutes this season, uh, five appearances. 
And I think coming into January, he was a player I expected to to leave the club. And all week, I've been saying that my, my main concern is that uh, Joe Hart, Greg Taylor or Kyogo Furuhashi get injured because I think that's the three positions that we've been uh, needing to strengthen for some time for the eventualities of an injury uh, layoff or a suspension going into a big game, Kevin. It looks as though there are going to be quite a few big games uh, between now and the end of the season, virtue of a, a pretty slim lead at the top of the league. And uh, Burnaby was one of the players I wasn't convinced with. Uh, Scott Bain, I wouldn't have been convinced with taking the gloves from Joe Hart. And oh, when it comes back from the Asian Cup, I probably of the three is the one I'd be most convinced with. But I don't think it's a like for like in terms of quality uh, replacement when Kyogo's injured. So uh, we're facing the fear today because we heard just the other day there that Greg Taylor's injured and in steps Alexandro Burnaby. Put it out on the socials today, Kev, because my own take on it was don't play a player out of position if you can help it. So that would have been Liam Scales, if you ask me. He's not left back. Um, Tony Ralston has played there for Celtic. I thought that was maybe the safe option, believe it or not. Uh, and I would have thought that Mitchell Frame, other than perhaps an injury that he might have, I would have thought he would have been, this would have been a perfect game for him. We go on about the virtues of youth, bringing them through, graduating from the academy, getting them games. When can you give them a game if you can't give them a game at home against Ross County? So this, for me, you know, he played against Feyenoord in the Champions League. I think he can handle today's game. But we've given Alexandro Bernabe the nod and I'm thinking, well, this is what he's getting paid for, for a kickoff. And let's be honest, he's the seldom seen left back. He's only 23. You know, signed him first Argentinian to play for Celtic. He's an under-23 international. There was an investment of three and three-quarter million quid to, to Lanus. It's just not worked out, in my view, for the player. So I'm, I hope he plays well. But my disappointment, I guess, is the fact, like yourself, that Mitchell Frame's not in the frame for a game today. Because if you can't bring him in today, when can you bring him in, Kev? Yeah, exactly. That's my thinking behind why I would I would go for him. Um, you know, so unless he is injured and he can't play, then that's fine. That, that would explain it. But otherwise, if you look at this, you go, it's the greatest respect in the world to Ross County. It's Ross County at home. They haven't won in the last five games. I think pretty much ever since Derek Adams slated the standard of Scottish football, they haven't won a game. Um, but this could be the perfect opportunity to bring him in, give him his first team debut, playing alongside fairly settled defence as well. He would be the only player coming in. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, he's, he's come on against Feyenoord. He's played Champions League football, maybe only 15, 20 minutes. Like, 15 minutes, I think he got... So maybe that's all he's got, but he didn't look out of place in that particular game. So I'm fairly sure with the home crowd behind him, he would be absolutely fine for this game. And it's something that we've spoken about a lot, is wanting to give youth a chance. So exactly, if you're playing against the side at the wrong end of the table and you're at home and you can't give youth a chance in this game, when can you? To flip it, it's a similar position, I suppose, for Burnaby. If there's a game that we can afford to bring him in, could it be this one? Um, but the way that he's played in his matches so far for us, I think there's a long way back for him if he's ever going to make it as a Celtic player. Yeah. So he needs he needs to be a standout today, and I don't think he's going to be. Um, Hugh, be a man of the match performance uh, and a, a cracking uh, goal and assist. <laughs> I'd love it. 
Love it. Would happily eat a lobster, uh, helping a humble pie if that was to happen. Yeah, this is a thing, Kev. We're always delighted to uh, take one on the, the, the chin or chins, depending on uh, how much you've been on that treadmill in the last few weeks. I'm talking about me, know you. Uh, I'm bringing in Laura Brabourne. Thoughts on the hoops is Laura's new uh, Celtic platform. Get it checked out on the YouTube. And Laura brings up uh, the very, very sad point, the very sad news that uh, Stuart Gray has passed away at the age of 50. Rest in peace to Stuart Gray. Here's hoping signs can rid us of this scourge of a disease before it takes more people's loved ones from them. I think everybody who's watching this right now has been affected adversely affected by this horrible disease um, in various different, you know, guises. And it wasn't that long ago I was in the presence of a number of Stuart Stuart Gray's uh, ex-teammates because we did the gig in Glasgow with Pierre Van Hooydonk, George Cadet, and it was going to be Andy Tom, but John Collins stepped in because Andy had to go in for an emergency operation. And, of course, Jackie Mack and Simon Donnelly were there as well, and all five of the players had played alongside Stuart, by which time we knew he was ill. And it's just horrible, you know, because these guys, Kev, although they've been retired a few years from the game, they're young men. 50 years is is no age, really, you know. And uh, he leaves uh, his family behind. And it's just it's horrible when you when you hear the news. And uh, then obviously the, this happens. And, you know, thoughts and prayers with Stuart's family and all his friends as well. And the wider Celtic community. He's a player that, after leaving Celtic, he went down to Reading. Uh, Tommy Burns took him down to Reading and, uh, you know, most recently he was working as a postie. And I remember there was an occasion where I was pulling a Celtic team together. I think the game was cancelled because of the lockdown. And uh, I was talking to Stuart to try and get him up for a, one of the, you know, the, the ex-player games against Aberdeen to raise cash for cancer. This was quite a few years ago and obviously before his diagnosis. It's just horrible news, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I remember Stuart coming through as a young boy and he, again, you know, talking about Mitchell Frame, you know, you want to see the young boys come in and do well and make an impact and Stuart would have been one of those players that, again, you know, when I was younger, you wanted to see do well. Uh, no, not to age me in this one, but he's only 10 years older than me. So it kind of brings it home that, yeah, he was a young man. He did a lot of his life ahead of him. Um, it's very, very sad what's happened. So, yeah, as you say, thoughts and prayers out to the family, to his friends, to everyone that knew him. And, and to echo Laura's comments there as well, you know, let's just hope that you know, science can advance and we can get rid of these horrible diseases and, you know, that, that affect so many people's lives. Yeah. You're right. I'm 45, in case anybody out there wasn't aware of that. So, yeah, you do look at that and it's it's a young, it's a young life uh, gone. Celtic will be wearing black armbands today as a mark of respect for our ex-player. And I do remember him coming through and I remember the, the clutchy players that came through. And Tommy, especially in his first uh, kind of season, relied on a lot of the young guys that, that was coming through at the time. Some of them probably weren't even ready for the first team, but game time for the likes of Brian McLaughlin, Barry Smith, uh, Stuart Gray, and uh, obviously a few had already broken through. They got games as well. So thoughts and prayers with Stuart and everybody else affected by this horrible disease at this time. Um, let's get some of your comments coming up. Double Denim, fantastic to hear from you as always. You're on the YouTube if you are on YouTube watching the pre-match from Axom. All you need to do is subscribe to the channel, free charge, of course, and you can get involved in the live chat, agree, disagree, um, and throw a few grenades in there as well if that's your thing. Happy match day, folks. So, Bernabe back in the driver's seat. 
at left back. Chance of a career renaissance, maybe, or too little too late. Otherwise, we look strong and hope we get uh, an album cameo. Sorry, I didn't get that last bit. I've maybe uh, misread it. Just maybe a wee typo. But we're on the subject to Burnaby, and um, it's the same as Bernardo, to be honest with you, because <laughs> up until that five-game um, spree that's, that ended with Bucky Thistle, uh, Bernardo wasn't really in my thoughts in terms of the second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I was looking at him. I hadn't seen enough, Kev. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the gaffer liked him because he was playing him in the Champions League. Um, and he, he seemed to be a, a big game player. But it was only really in the last five games that he came into his own. And it may be argued that Alexandro Bernabe has not had that, you know, a run of games, uh, particularly under Brennan Rodgers. There must be something, that there must be a reason we bought him in the first place, Kev. And, uh, you know, I do want him to, to play well. But the back, in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking, right, Matt O'Reilly's gone nowhere. I can see that being something that the, the club will point to uh, at the end of this transfer window if we didn't get any bodies in. Cameron Carter-Vickers has signed a new deal. And, and you know, that, that kind of thing. Leela Bada, there's been a lot of speculation about him. We might be able to keep him. I want a new left-back, Kev. Is it too much to ask? Um, however, Burnaby, uh, even if he was to play well today, I would, it wouldn't change my mind, Kev. I would still want a new left-back. Recruitment has been a subject in the topic of conversation. You only get to talk about it once a week normally. How are you feeling seven days on, one player in? Right, well, first of all, I'm really glad you didn't say that it's Burnaby going to be like that new left-back for us and leave and me hanging on that it? one. Like a new signing. That, that's what uh, I was hinting at, to because, be sure. Uh, yes, because I, can, I was thinking about this, because I've been expecting a question about the, the January window, and I'm thinking that um, the cynic in me will go... We will. Uh, you will start to see a change in how we talk about this, and by we I mean the club and Brendan. And it will not be the January transfer window they will talk about. They will talk about January, the month we've come out stronger at the end of January. Mm-hmm. Stronger being maybe Burnaby's the new left back, but Vata hopefully signs a new contract and is the new young hope. We've kept hold of O'Reilly. We've kept hold of Abada. Have you been sent a memo this morning? You've been copied in accidentally to a memo uh, that you shouldn't have seen. Possibly. I mean, I, I yeah. It is cynical, but I mean, let's be honest, Kev, as a football fan, you do become cynical, don't you? Uh, because you, you, you get used to the inner workings of the club, don't you? Uh, especially when you've seen this movie quite a few times before. You've got a decent idea how it's ending. Uh, to the point where we are 27 days into January, and I've given up in the January transfer window now. I don't think we're going to sign anyone else. I had confidence, or hope rather, than confidence at the beginning that we would make a couple of moves. And now, like I say, 27 days in, we've signed Nicolas Kuhn. We can also put in Rio Hatati. We'll come back a stronger player after the Asian Cup as well. If you want to put that one in, the board can thank me for that one later. Um, We're just... We will be stronger at the end of January than we were at the beginning, but I don't see us making moves in the transfer market. And it's hugely frustrating. And the biggest frustration about it all is that at this point, you can always sit back and accept that that's what's going to happen because you just know it. We might make a loan signing on the last day, but we're not signing the quality that Brendan Rodgers has said he wants. And we're not signing permanent additions to the team just now. I mean, what can you say? 
I still think we'll be strong enough. And if you ask Brendan, is the squad strong enough to win the league? The answer is yes. Which again gives the board that out that they don't need to go and spend the money. And they've already spent 20 million in the summer. Yeah. But as a fan, I don't care about that. I want us to be a stronger team. I want us to have players in the door. And it's not going to happen, unfortunately, I don't think. Well, we're on the 27th. And, and you know, that discussion point is dominating a pre-match uh, discussion about today's league game against Rose County. And that's because there's yeah. a frustration and disappointment. But then it gets to that point almost of acceptance. Now, you mentioned the loan market there, Kev. I don't think it's a bad... I really don't think it is a bad word. We've used loans in the past for short-term gain, short-termism, emergency loans this season. Nat Phillips didn't work out. Yeah, we weren't harmed by it because there was the resurgence of Liam Scale, so it's not as though it harmed us, right? Um, but in the past, there have been a number of short-term deals for players that were never going to stay in. Most of them we didn't want to stay, let's be honest. Scotland's most expensive footballer of all time, Ollie Burke. Um, you've also got guys like uh, Jeremy Tuck. You knew I was going to mention him. You've got Cho Yan, you've got uh, Maurice Bauer, you've got John Joe Kenny, all these guys that, you, you know, they were only there to fill a gap. I'm not keen on that. What I do like is uh, when, obviously, you, you've got a plan. You bring in a player like Carter Vickers on loan with a view to buying him and Jota, Paolo Bernardo. That's that's the model. I like that because there's medium to long-term planning involved in that. And in the past, there's been some successes the other way. I mean, uh, Jason Denier uh, came in on loan, did well for us. Paddy Roberts did well for us. Fraser Foster came in three or four times before we signed him. So if it does happen, I don't mind it. What I do mind, Kev, is the excuses, right? Is it just yeah. a difficult window for Celtic? Is nobody in European football team business? Is it just us that can't get deals done? So I'm taking the whole thing with a pinch of salt, I'm going to be honest with you. Can we win? Yeah, we can, but it'll be a lot tighter and it's less of a sure thing if we run with the, the current squad, we should have a strong enough squad. You look at the numbers we've got, even the guys not contributing and where they came from, what we paid for them. Yeah, we absolutely should be able to win the league. But why leave it to chance? This is a thing. Why leave it to chance? Bolster. Bolster it. Um, and if you're running with 10, 11, 12 players that aren't contributing for the second half of your season, that's your, your problem. You're just going to have to suck that one up and pay them their wages and get on with it, Kevin. Deal with that in the summer. But get the names in, get the bodies in to ensure. I mean, Rangers will go to St Mirren uh, any any sing, any match day this season and win. And if it's a 1-0 win and they're scraping through, they don't care. They'll go and get the win more often than not. They're not going to lose many games, Kev. Um, and we've shown that we are capable of slipping up this season. So why leave it to chance? So it's actually quite sad when fans are, are, are resigned to that being the case. Is there any glimmer of hope that we might have a couple of deals that might just drop at the last minute? I mean, there's always hope, isn't there? There always is. But um, I don't see it happening. Normally, by this point in, a, in any transfer window, if if there's a deal going to happen, you kind of know about it by now. There's something. There's strong rumours and links in the papers. Stephen McGowan's probably written an article that strongly hints at somebody coming in and that hasn't happened so far. You know, there's been relatively few strong and real links of players coming in. So I don't think it will happen. Um there's a few points that you made there that are, we'll pick up on with that. The loans to buy I think would be is is a great way to go down. I, I really actually like that route and it has worked for us when we've done Jota, 
Carter Vickers and hopefully now Bernardo looks like he could be another one that does that. But that's a summer exercise, that one. Loan players that you bring in just now are boys to kind of see you over the line or fill a gap. Mm-hmm. The guys like Pavel Brozek who'll sit on the bench for six months and pick a wage and never play kick a ball for the club. So I'm a little less enthusiastic about loan signings coming in now. But if the right player's there and it's the only way we can get him in, like a Robbie Keane type, then fine, do it. Why have we left it to chance? Because we've got businessmen running a football club. That's the reason why. It's These guys are only interested in the bottom line. So if we can win the league, spending as little amount of money as we possibly can, then the board are so happy with that. That's all, That's what they want. Football yeah, men, football fans want us to go and spend money and make sure that that league is won. Because we can see what's, what you get at the end of it. We know that if we go out and get those two players that we need, get a solid left back and a forward to challenge Kyogo, because that's what we need in this window just now. That's the two most realistic places in the team to fill. If we get them, spend five, seven million on the two positions, we win the league. Easy. Because we do have the best squad. But we've yeah. slipped up enough to the point where we've made it difficult. If we just speculate that wee bit, we will win this league. And it's because we've got businessmen uh, running the football side of the business. If we have football men in those positions, we will make different and better decisions that will take us forward. But they're not interested in it because uh, that will lower the bottom line for them. But Kev, those businessmen will point out in their annual report and you get the wee chairman's message that we invested X amount in the summer transfer window and we secured the futures of this number of players and we won more points this season than we did in the Champions League and all that kind of stuff is put in black and white. But as you say, it's yep. waffle. At the end of the day, if you don't win the league, it's going to be absolutely exactly. waffle, John Sweeney says. And, 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 and Dermot Desmond will pull out that uh, journalist, you know, the story that you tell with that one. He goes, how many trophies have we won since I've taken charge of the club? And he couldn't answer. And again, that's all he's interested in. To him, yeah, winning trophies, obviously that's what we want. It proves that he's been successful. But there are better ways, I think, that we could be successful and we could be a more successful club. We could have won more titles. We could have had more success in Europe just by getting through a couple of group stages by now, I think, if we just had the gumption. Good word. How is it, how is it John puts it, the testicular fortitude to spend money? And to just go for it. Everyone's not Spend, it, does spend it better. Spend it better. Oh, right. I'm yes. going to bring this in because uh, it's, a, it's a perfect time to say it. I was with Martin O'Neill last night. There's the name drop of the afternoon. And we've done a, a big gig in Greenock, the Beacon Theatre, 504 seats sold out in something like three or four days. Uh, there was a waiting list of 200. The man is phenomenal on the stage, Kevin. I think he asked five questions all night. And he told all the stories, and it was tremendous. And um, I've, I've obviously put a few pictures and that on the socials, and some people have come back saying, yeah, he was brilliant, but what about the backing? No one had ever been backed like Matt O'Neill before and and all this kind of thing. So what I would say to that is, right, okay, since Matt O'Neill left, we've obviously done business differently. People talk about the Gordon Strachan years being a downsizing process, Kev. Matt O'Neill, since he's left, we've had 18 completed seasons. 
since Martin O'Neill left the club, all right, in 2005. And in those 18 seasons, we have won 14 league titles. We have won five doubles, five trebles, a quadruple treble, nine in a row. We've been in the last 16 of the Champions League three times, and we have competed in the groups, separately from the three that I mentioned, five times. So the club will tell you, we know what we're doing. Look, this is the money we spend, but look at all this. Look at all these honours. And right, okay, I'm trying my best to be balanced on this. Absolutely, but you know what? And t- definitely when it comes to Europe, we, we should have done better than that. And there's nothing wrong with striving for more. John Sweeney talks about £60 million gamble. We shouldn't be gambling with that kind of money. What I'm going to have to do, obviously, is have a look at the 18 seasons before O'Neill and see what we won uh, prior to 2000. That'll be an interesting read because that was... Uh, all those the dark seasons and then the Fergus takeover and all that kind of stuff. What are you saying to the the predicted um, uh, outcome of the transfer window? What are you saying to the start eleven today? Let us know your thoughts. We've got the Tobago Police Station Celtic Supporters Club, who has contributed to our fundraiser for We Jamie Tierney by meeting me up at Celtic Park uh, a couple of months back and handing over some jerseys. So it's always great to see you in the comments. And absolutely hopeful Alexandro has game that gives Greg something to think about. Any win will do. I want a good win today, Kev. I think Derek Adams is the biggest moan in Scottish football. I mean, every time you hear Martin Dale talking at Livingston, he's talking about lack of money, lack of budget, lack of fans, lack of sponsorship, just lack of everything, really. Uh, you know, you're losing the will to live listening to the guy. And then Derek Adams comes in. And I don't know what on earth he's doing back in Scotland because he thinks your game's rubbish. So let's prove to him that there's at least one decent team in Scotland and give him a right good turn going over. I want to see fast, entertaining football and I want to see at least five goals today. There you go. There's a bit of positivity for you, Kev. I'd settle for that. I think about five minutes ago, I was giving Derek Adams a run for the biggest moan in Scottish football, right enough. You were? But, um, Get out of it, man. Especially when you've just rhymed off all those trophies that we've won in the last 18 years. Mm. So, uh, I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about right enough, and I just want too much. You want more, but, um, that's what it is. I want more. I just want more and more. Never happy. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I'm not going to be as bold as Jerry was last weekend and go with a 8 0 and I'm doing the show in my pants. But I think this is an opportunity for us to to put in another marker again. Um, every game at home, I think we've got got it in us, you know, to to win games pretty comfortably. And I'd love to see us do it again today. You're spot on with what you said before about Rangers will win most games, and it doesn't matter if they go to St Mirren and win one 0 a 1-0 win gets you as many points as a 4-5-0 or win. But a 4-5-0 or win gives you a massive confidence boost that sneaking through games 1-0 doesn't get you. Um, we've got a chance today against the side that said that hasn't won in their last five games in all competition. I think they lost the last two games 3-0 both times. In. So they're a weak opposition. We've got a real chance today to go there. Um get a good, comfortable win, 3-4-0, it's definitely doable. Uh, and if we do, it just gives you all that confidence in the world that you need going into the last four days of the transfer window. We will absolutely pull out a world-day signing and run away with the league. See how I've turned you around, just by telling you about <laughs> all the honours that we have won since <laughs> You and boy Martin, 
it was actually surprising. I knew we'd been good since then, but I mean, when I wrote it down, I thought to myself, wow, we've been very good. You and Boy Martin, it's simple. Win every game from now to the end of the season and two trophies will be in the bag, absolutely. 450 appearances today. Easy peasy. For Callum McGregor, who has averaged um, 49 appearances every season for the last nine seasons. He's 30. He's 31 in the summer. And if he plays like Scott Brown until he's 36, he will have played 700 games for Celtic. Only one person has played more than that in the history of the club, and that's Billy McNeil. That is the type of manager we're looking at, uh, captain, maybe it will be the manager, that we're looking at uh, in Callum McGregor, an absolute legend, not in the making a legend. We are watching it um, in full technicolour. Mark Connolly, look forward to seeing Kuhn today off the bench. Absolutely, we've got to. He's the only thing that we've signed, the only player we've signed. We really are looking forward Talking about uh, players coming off the bench, and, and we'll talk about the, the dearly departed Stuart Gray. I always remember that game, uh, 5 nothing against Aberdeen, and it was live on the TV, and it was the famous game where George Cadet came on after a long-awaited saga with his registration, deliberately being delayed by Jim Farrell. Lawrence never mentions that. And uh, George Cadet finally came on and made his debut, but Stuart Gray had grown his hair, and him and George Cadet had the exact same hairdo. Hair like spaghetti, as the song went. And uh, Cadet scored and blew the airwaves that night on the radio. I've got that on tape. That's how much of a sad wee Celtic fan I was. I've got the radio broadcast on tape where it just blinks off because Cadet scored and the Celtic fans went wild. I want another 5-0 today. And it would be fitting for Stuart Gray, who has you know, really sadly passed away at the age of 50. Uh, Sean Stout Burnaby, getting a chance... He will surprise us, just like Scales. This is the thing. Scales and Ralston, a cautionary tale, Kev. Never write off a professional mm. football Celtic. You never know what might happen. I've got to say very quickly, though, uh, delighted that Rocco Vata's on the bench um, and hopefully he will come on and get a wee bit of game time against better quality opposition than, than last week. Fraser Foster, yeah, he did sign. He signed first time, remember? he was in. I think he was on loan three times and then we signed them permanently from Newcastle. And then we made big money by selling him to Southampton. We got him back on loan. And unfortunately, we didn't get the deal done permanently because who knows what might have happened in that COVID season had he come to the club. Fraser Foster now at Spurs, of course, along with some other guy that used to be at Celtic Park. And I, I was thinking about getting back into English football, but you know, it was too raw for the first six months of this season. Kevin, make start watching it now. Um, and here we go, Maestro. What, what was that, Kev? So I don't think you're missing much. It's overrated. I'm sure it is overrated. Uh, Maestro, what do you think about Quan? I was hearing good reports about him today, actually, against Rangers. He's definitely getting games, which is better than sitting in his house on match day, isn't it? So hopefully he will get a wee bit of momentum and he might come back and make a contribution to Celtic. I was hoping he would make a contribution today against Rangers, who are now two points behind us. But we've got a... A game to play today that will give us a game in hand. They'll have a game in hand. So, yeah, we know that it is tight this season. Let's go to the action, Kev. We'll be back at half-time. Hopefully, it'll be a free-flowing, um, never-boring performance in the first half uh, for Celtic. And Kevin and I will be back to discuss that. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and subscribe to the channel if you want to get involved in the chat at half-time. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Sports Social Podcast Network.